Hello, everyone, and welcome back to week. I'm sorry, not week. Episode 23 of the True North Racing Podcast, brought to you by Jumbo Media and Promotions. This week on the program, we sat down with driver the number 43C Dirt Street Stock. We sat down with Clint Nichols. We talked to him about how he got started in racing. A fun little fan question about how he flipped a car. And uh, so much more. So guys, before we jump into anything, of course, we're going to have a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media and Promotions. Let's go. All right, everyone, just before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media and Promotions. Jomo Media provides race-ready promotions to bring you and your team to the next level. We provide weekly updates as well, providing off-season, mid-season, and year write-ups for your team. On top of the write-ups, we have photo and video opportunities as well. For more information, contact us at jomopromos at gmail.com. That's J-O-M-O-Promos at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow us at Jomo Media. All right, guys, uh, just before you bring in Clinton here, we're going to uh, do a little rant. On uh, for Thursday, I uh, I got home, and I was so excited because I got a package from uh, from our most recent guest, Miss Megan Mitchell, and uh, it turned out I got myself a couple of keychains, and I knew they were coming. I knew they were coming. We talked about it for a little bit, and uh, I was excited for them. Uh, I got them in the mail, and I absolutely love them. I'm actually going to be hanging mine. I My girlfriend claimed uh, the orange one. I got an orange and a red one. My girlfriend claimed the orange one because she knows my favorite color is red. So I'm going to be chilling. I'm going to be putting this on my um, on my on my rearview mirror. I have a, uh, a lanyard, and I'm going to hook it up to it. So I think that'll that'll be pretty cool. And of course, uh, once we get some more warmer weather, and of course, once we get some warmer weather, I'm going to be slapping on some of these uh, these one of these cool. MRC racing stickers. Um, I absolutely love them. They're, those are going to be awesome. And uh, I can't thank Megan enough for uh, sending me a little note with it too. Uh, saying, keep up with the amazing work with Joma Media Promotions, the True North Racing Podcast, and our new show, The Driver's Seat, and everything the future holds. Signed by Megan Mitchell, driver of the number 73 Pure Stock. Um, that was unexpected. Uh, <laughs> the note, the stickers. And... Uh, I absolutely loved it. I can't thank her enough for it. Um, guys, go check her out. Follow her on social media, mrc.racing.73. Uh, and go follow her. Uh, support her. Uh, find her on TikTok as well. She's she's doing some awesome things there as well. Um, so once again, Megan, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, sending them to me. Um, so, guys, I, I missed last week, and I, I feel so bad about it. Um, we were going to be bringing up a new driver, uh, one of the drivers that we we're going to be working with this year. Um, I can't remember who I was going to go with. Give me two seconds here, and I'll be able to figure it out. All right, guys, so here is the next driver. Sorry it took me a little bit longer than I expected. So, guys, we're going to jump in with driver Cameron Thompson. All right, so Cameron is from Six Nations. His birthday is February 26th. 
His car will be the 28T. He'll be running the dirt street stock at Ashwigan Speedway. Uh, his plans for 2021 is to run as many races as possible, get some experience for his rookie season, and that he hopes to run the uh, full Humberstone schedule and some Merrittville races when he can. His sponsors for 2021 are Cool Kids Ice and Water, Club 54 Tobacco Racing, Jomo Media Retail Design Group, Silversmiths Motorsports, and Jimmy Small Engines. Some of his thoughts heading into 2021 that he's really excited to get out there, but he, that he does have some butterflies too, only because he's never done this before other than on iRacing. He wants to show everyone that you can go from iRacing to an actual car and know some stuff already. Um, just because uh, other than that, he has about 15 laps in a mini stock at Humberstone for experience last year. Um, an event he's looking forward to this year is the Brock Leonard Memorial Apple Fest and the All Canadian at, um, at Humberstone. Um, he wants to, yeah, so that was a quick little one. Uh, <laughs> I was about to read something else from my, from the thing I sent out here, um, to the teams I was working with. So guys, uh, yeah, that's Cameron Thompson. I'm going to have a write up for him up on the, up on Facebook here. Oh, I'm hoping soon, probably in the, this week or so. I'll probably have it up Wednesday or something. Um, we re, we re-recorded, um, the, uh, the, the, the driver's seat intro, Sorry, not the driver's seat intro, the, the driver's seat trailer. Um, Got to do some little bit of editing to that. Starting to sound a lot better. Um, we were a little concerned about the first copy, so we decided to make it better. Um, can't thank Caitlin Wallace and uh, Michael Kenny enough for uh, uh, for working with me on this. And uh, we're still looking for a presenting sponsor for that show. If you would like to be a presenting sponsor, we're going to put them up for very, very reasonable rates this year. Um, to help get this show off the, off the, uh, up and going. Um, so if you would like to sponsor, um, or, uh, be a presenting sponsor, be a episode sponsor, whatever you guys want to do, um, message me, uh, Jomo promos at gmail.com. That's J O M O promos, P R O M O S at gmail.com. You guys can also message me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, if you, if you find my personal Facebook page, Send me a message there, um, at Jomo Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or sorry, uh, yeah, at Jomo's Media on Facebook, at Joe and Twitter. Uh, damn it, I can't. For, <laughs> I'm screwing up here. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so guys, just yeah, find me on one of our social media handles. Um, I will be more than happy to answer any questions you guys got. We are gonna throw them up. Very very reasonable if you're a small business and you're looking to get some exposure. Uh, We'll be, we'll, we're more than willing to work with you on a budget um, to get your name out there and get uh, people talking about you and, and uh, help support you. That's the ultimate goal here, guys, is uh, to help support everyone who helps support me and the show. Uh, of course, if you want to be presenting sponsor of our main show here, the Jomo Media, or sorry, the True North Racing Podcast, uh, you guys can do the same thing. Hit me up on email, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, same thing. Guys, um, any any little bit helps. If you guys want to be an episode sponsor, feel free. If you want to be a, se- a half a season sponsor, feel free. Um, we can work out a contract. We can work out a deal um, and and work towards it. Uh, so, yeah, I did a lot of talking right there. Jesus. I don't think I've talked that much in an episode. If you guys, uh, hopefully you guys don't get too, too bored of me talking. I know it's not a whole lot of fun to listen to me. You guys want to talk and listen to our guest this week. So, guys, let's jump in. Sorry. No, let's not jump in. Let's sit back, relax, and let's go racing with Clinton Nichols.
All right, guys, this week on the True North Racing Podcast, we have driver in the number 43C, Clinton Nichols with us. Clint, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How's uh, how's your offseason going? Uh, it's been a long one, man. Feels yeah. like the usual usual amount with COVID and all that, and like 10 races last year. It certainly feels long. That was actually going to be my next question is, how, is uh, did you actually get make it to the track last summer? But you just answered that uh, by saying you got about uh, 10 races last year. Yeah, they started opening up practices, I think, around May-ish. And it was actually me and Chris Hale were there actually week in, week out, just trying to get better and better. Then they actually opened it up and actually gave us, I think it was 10. I hit up about 10. Maybe there was like 12 available. But Nice. How did how'd you make out last year then? Oh, uh, we had we had one real good outing at Maryville last year. We got we fortunately drew the pole in the redraw. We got to lead a bunch of laps and just race up front with some of the best guys around. Nice. And where did you end up finishing that race? Uh, late race restart got me. Went finished up fifth. That's still not bad, though. Hey, first top five in a street stock. I'm not complaining. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, how So how long have you been running uh, the street stock? Uh, about three half seasons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was gonna say, I swear I've seen that car prior, like in the past couple, like two, three years, but just wasn't wasn't hundred percent sure. So, yeah, we uh we got that built down in St. Kitts at Concept One from Todd, and then we got out maybe midway two years ago, and then last year being a COVID season, which was another half season, and this would have been, I think, my yeah, this would have been my first full year on a street stock. Nice. Um, so let's talk about how you got into racing. Um, when did you first start going to the track? I probably went since I was about two or three years old to Ush Weekend with my father. He used to run Thunder Socks there. Okay. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, on your uh, Instagram bio there, it says that you're a third generation racer. Is that correct? Yeah. My grandpa, uh, his nickname was Wimpy. His real name was Wilfred. He started out at uh, Maryville when they first opened and then transitioned to Speedway Park, which is Hamilton Mountain, which isn't there anymore. Okay. But he was a car builder, and I think he's won four championships at Maryville in the Modifieds as a car builder. Oh, wow. Just nice. anybody, a lot of people back then who were big names, like Bobby Fisher, Mike Jajak, uh, Alex Gunn, they all drove his cars. And then my uncles, we they raced asphalt, they raced dirt. And then my dad ran, uh, he's ran pretty much everything you could run since he was 18, 20, Flamborough, all the dirt tracks around here. And then I just kind of inherited it when I was 14. Nice. So uh, you've, you've been in racing for quite some time then. And so when was the first time you got behind the wheel of a, car, of a, of a stock car then? I turned 14 uh, April 19th. And I think April like 24th or 25th was opening night last weekend. And uh, one of my dad's longtime sponsors, they had a neon they were scrapping. So we just decided to build a bomber and it's been full sale since then. Nice. Uh, so how did your first year of racing go then? It was a good one. Me and my cousin actually shared the car for my first year. And then we, he actually won it before me. So that was a big joke. And he quit after that year. So that was a big joke that he always won a race before me, but that was good. We shared that and just, just learning. Right. Yeah. Uh, so kind of, uh, so we been out obviously in the 2020 season such as COVID before, before the world kind of shut down because of it, what were the plans looking like for you last year? We were planning on Humberstone full time, 
which thankfully they were the first ones to come out with G-Force. And then the one of my favorite parts of racing Thunderstocks in Ontario is we have a series called Duel on the Dirt. Yep. And it travels to Southern Ontario Motor Speedway, Humberstone Speedway, Brighton Speedway, Maryville Speedway, and Ashwikin Speedway. And it's just something I've always loved as a kid, seeing the dual races, seeing the out-of-towners come in. So that's always been the, that's the big goal. I want to try and get to do dual on dirt and give it my best shot. That, uh, that definitely seems like a, um, a fun kind of like, inter- like obviously between the tracks, it's kind of a fun inner track, uh, um, tour style race, but you still have your home track events. So that way it doesn't really coincide and it flows very well throughout the night. Yeah. They've always, they've had great success at it. Every track kind of has like a staple event, like whether it's Brock Leonard or, the August long weekend or the all Canadian they all have their staple events, but it's still, it's just a good chance to restack up around the rest of the Thunderstocks in Ontario. A hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're driving one of the Camaros, correct? Yeah, we got a Camaro. So how, obviously um, I'm not sure if it's with the rules package or whatever, whatever it is up here with um, there's, there seems to be kind of like an advantage with the Camaros over the, metric chassis but with the guys who've almost figured out the metric chassis they're still up front and they're competing each week what kind of gives that camaro the edge over the over the monte carlo bodies i'm not i don't have a hundred percent but i think it's front end geometry mostly it's just camaros come so great from the factory and then it's just it's such fine tuning from there and it's just a car that's been around for a hundred years. There's so much to, you can learn just from going online, like some of these racing forms and stuff. Yeah. It's just tried and true. Speaking of, uh, uh, of those racing forums, I, I joined one. Oh, about four or five years ago. I think it's a uh, street stock source or something like that on Facebook. I can't, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, street stock help source. Yeah. It's a, I think Jay Smiley or something like that runs pretty much runs the page down there. Um, he, uh, I, I, I used to crew for a, a, a street stock up here and, and to help learn, um, or not a street stock, but a, a thunder stock up at Flamborough and, and to get kind of a, a better knowledge of those cars. I jumped a lot on there and did a lot of, uh, searching and, and learning to try to be able to get that car better so we can go out and, compete a little bit better in in the super stock division at Flamborough. And I've noticed that uh, that group really sticks together and really helps each other out a lot. It's a, it's such a good resource, like having it around nowadays, you can just learn so much from guys like just, especially if, if you don't have the same question, someone will just post something interesting. It's like, it's just cool to, to learn about that and see what their issue is and how they're solving it and like different solutions. But the only the only thing we got to watch is like we have a street stock class up here and there's a lot of like pro stock classes down there. So you talk to some of these guys like, Oh, can you, can you adjust this? Can you adjust that? It's like, no, we run genuine street stocks up here. Yeah. And obviously trying to figure out that gap, so to speak, it, it changes up a lot. eh? Yeah. Just stuff like they, they're on reg bolts. They can run four, nine inches. They can just run. I think they could just adjust a lot more than we can. Yeah. So it's, it's easier in a way, but it's also a lot more cost effective the way we have it right now. Yeah. Uh, so kind of, we're obviously going, we're obviously in a shutdown again up here and uh, we're unsure of when we're going to be going back to the track. What are you, if, if, and when we do get to the track this summer, what are your, what are some of your plans and your goals for this year? 
we really Maryville kind of was the first one to take a leap of faith last year and have weekly racing from Don and Lorraine. And that was, that was just, it was nice to just get to an environment and get friendly there. Cause it used to be us weekend for us, but just with work and yeah. stuff like that, we can't make it Fridays. So the Saturday part, like, like I was saying earlier with my grandpa there, being yeah. like a wall of fame member, it's just, it's, it's somewhere I've always loved. It's such an interesting track. It's technical. There's a lot of talented drivers there. So the plan's probably just Maryville at this point, if we get more of a season in. And then probably Southern Ontario looks absolutely gorgeous. So I've been talking to my father about traveling up there for that too. That, yeah, definitely Southern Ontario Motor Speedway has uh, has come a long, a long way almost in the past couple of years here. Um, like it was a good track before, but it looks even, uh, it looks a heck of a lot more stunning nowadays. Yeah, it's amazing the transformation going on that place. I've been bugging guys like Steve Shaw Jr. I'm like, that's it's incredible to have a track like that in your backyard. Oh, 100%. Like, uh, especially when they turn, they waited until nighttime there and turned the lights on. I don't think I could find a single dark spot on that track. Oh, that was unbelievable to have lighting like that, especially being at tracks before where you can't see sometimes at night. That's just, that's unbelievable. 100%. Like, I, I, I come, I come from Flamborough Speedway. So, that single tower in the center there, there's a there's a lot of dark spots on that track, and sometimes you're still unsure of what you're really looking at when the cars are on the track. I learned my lesson that they're running the pure stock at Flamborough one night at Frostfest. So how, how dark it gets, how quick it gets. <laughs> at least they've added those lights in, in the middle of turn one and two and three and four there to help um at least at least help with it a little bit more, eh? Oh yeah, for sure. It's nice to have another track that close to yeah it is um so what kind of made you so you said you ran a pure stock of it here at flambro um so what kind of made you kind of stick more towards the dirt side instead of going asphalt just natural growing up there yeah a lot more connections there like knowing people there it's just something i've always enjoyed hey nothing wrong with that um so is there any other division you would like to maybe jump up into or uh uh, continue racing career in i think kind of the angle is to get into dirt car sportsman around here okay just some like it's the same idea as a street stock like the rules are the same all over ontario all over new york yeah it's a bit it's obviously going to cost a bit more money but then you're in fully fledged race cars it's just something this class i've always loved and i got the opportunity to crew on uh todd gorn's modified for a couple of years now which is just a sports and with bigger motors basically and just learning and working on them they're just they're such a good class to watch yeah for sure i uh i don't know why but like those those definitely those modified cars definitely get uh I don't know what it is about them, but there's just something about them that I like, and I can't even put my finger on it. So it's, uh, I think it's kind of cool that you kind of want to move up to that division. So with those divisions, you kind of want to, is that, is that going to lead to more traveling then to kind of go against more people, or is it still going to stay uh, local to Merrittville, Humberstone area? It would probably definitely be Merrittville full-time again, just yeah. seeing them there, but it takes you, it opens up so many opportunities. You can go down the States to like Outlaw, Ransomville, Fonda, Can-Am, and stuff like that. But you can also go Brockville, Cornwall, like more tracks around Ontario just because of the dirt car rule package. Yeah, and that's kind of what helps uh, – makes that uh, that class more appealing, eh? Oh, yeah, and just the diversity of the competition in it. It's just 
you get you can't get faster racing people who aren't faster than you right yeah so uh kind of going with that then in what what's a perfect in your world what's a in your mind a perfect timeline to come from obviously running three half seasons of 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 racing here in a street stock to kind of getting yourself into uh modified I think I really want at least two, three full seasons in a street stock to try and learn as much as I can. Cause a lot of like going from a mini stock to a street stock, you get a V8 engine, you get racing tires, you get more racing suspension. You just get to learn a lot more about setting a car up and how just dirt racing in general works. So I want to get at least two, three full more, full more seasons in a street stock down here if I can. Nice. Um, so, uh, are you a frequent listener of the show or no? I've been, yeah, I've listening four or five episodes. Okay. So as you know, we have a fan question period where each week we put, obviously put out um, a little thing for people to uh, some, submit some questions for us. And uh, for lucky for you, we got about three tonight. Perfect. You ready to answer them? Sure. So the first one, it says, ask him about the time he flipped his bang banger. And that was from Dale Shaw. <laughs> when i was 15 i think at our and we used to run the infield and part yep. of the front stretch in the bomber division and they had this uh they had this like big tractor tire they put out on the front to kind of make like a d-shaped track okay just one night in the, in the heat i don't know if i got pinched or i just wasn't paying attention i ended up clipping the side of the tire and everybody's like, oh, it was the slowest rollover possible. But you know how it is when you're in the car. Like, just doesn't feel slow at all. But, yeah. Yeah. One uh, and the only time I've been on my lid. <laughs> and hopefully that's the only time you're on your lid. You, you always want to stay uh, shiny side up, right? Yeah, it was definitely a – it's it's weird seeing how hard it is to get out of a car when you're upside down, how quickly you lose your orientation. Oh, for sure. Um, so now my question to kind of counteract Dale's question or not really counteract or anything. Is there video footage of this flip? I'd never seen video footage of it until we were at the Ashwikan banquet that year. And at Ashwikan's banquet, they play like a rolling highlight clip. Yeah. So every time it came up, people made sure to notice that I was <laughs> flipping on the big screen of the banquet. Oh man. I'm, I, who knows if I, if I can find a clip of that, I would love to, uh, love to catch a look at that one i'm, I'm sure they're out there <laughs> <laughs> i i yeah that, that that'd be a fun one to watch um our next question comes to us from uh craig graham and he goes We're, obviously there's more to this question if you looked on on the facebook question but i'm not adding the rest of it he goes where did you get the nickname the hamilton hot shoe i inherited that from ryan beagle's father kevin on my birthday one year he made one of those online, uh, I think it was like Fat Boy Donuts or Big Boy Donuts or something. <laughs> and it's, it made the sign. It was happy birthday to the Hamilton Hot Shoe. And then it just kind of just kind of stuck from there, I guess. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, our third question comes to us from Chris Hale. And he goes, what chassis adjustments are your favorite ones to make when the when the track starts to dry out? I like to keep it simple, staggering air pressure. I don't really get, don't get too carried away. He's uh, he seems to be the king of making the adjustments. So <laughs> that's, I, I was gonna say, not gonna lie, that's what we talked a lot about on uh, on his episode there. 
Uh, yeah, when when he said on his episode that his neighbors like to comment about his adjustments, that was 100% me parked beside him every week in Maryville. <laughs> I have never seen a man under his car so much in my life, but it's working for him, so why not? Hey, whatever works and what helps uh, helps keep him keep him fast, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that ends our uh, fan question period. Uh, we want to thank all our fans to uh, all the people who asked so many questions. We want to thank them for uh, putting them in for us to ask Clinton tonight. Um, so kind of uh, that's always one of my favorite parts of the show. Not going to lie is uh, doing those fan questions. Cause it's, it's always interesting. Just even the random questions, they always seem like a lot of fun to answer. Oh yeah, for sure. It's nice to just see what people are thinking. Like, it, like I know a lot of people in a lot of shows, they like to just to put out there, like people will put in random questions, but like they won't get asked. I will right. ask those random questions that people ask just because to me, they, they seem like a fun question to answer. Just keeps everything lighthearted, right? That, that's, that's the whole point of this, right? Um, so I got, uh, how long have you been running the 43 C? Has that been like a long time running number with your family or is that something you kind of put together? Well, when I started me and my cousin, uh, it's Clinton and Chad. So the C part, and then I wanted to take my grandpa's number just to pay tribute to all the stuff he's done around here racing. So it turned out the 43 C was for Clinton and Chad, but then when Chad stopped, I just inherited it and ran with it okay um so obviously you're uh we, we talked about your future and we talked about a little bit about your past let's kind of dive in more about that first season of uh um you running your little bang banger there or uh, the bone stock whatever <laughs> whatever you guys want to call it up there I, I'm, I'm unsure of these terminologies sometimes so uh please forgive me we're calling them bang bangers now <laughs> after weberville speedway right <laughs> Such an interesting Facebook page. Oh, dude. every time I laugh, it sometimes either shake my head so hard I can't, I can't fathom what they said, and other times I'm like, <laughs> "That's funny." Um, yeah, the the first season we decided to build a car in the driveway. And there was a little Dodge Neon, and yeah, just we, we made the fun mistake never running front wheel drive before. My father's never set up a front wheel drive car. We went to Oshweekin with it set up like a street sock, almost like tire size stagger and all that. Just the oh, size no. of tires where they are. And we uh, we quickly learned after one one heat race that you're supposed to have a front wheel drive car completely opposite with a big left front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, because you guys ran reverse of what the track was, was typically going, right? Uh, same direction, but okay. just with that tire out front. To make okay. that sharp D. Um, so kind of talk. Let's talk about that first. Obviously, is it was a Dodge Neon, and, and you and your cousin shared it. But what was the experience like, actually being behind the wheel and um, start starting to drive a lot more? It's it's something I've always it's it's been one of my favorite parts of racing. As cliche as it sounds, like growing up in the stands and seeing yeah. people on the racetrack, and then actually being out there. And later on, like now more so street stock wise racing against people I've grown up in the stands watching. But yeah, same like just being from the stands and being at Ashwick. And then I was fortunate I won a bomber feature in my second year. And then just being out there and having your name on like Ashwick's win list, right? That's just something you can't take away from somebody. Yeah. So, uh, so you won in that second season. What, 
how how cool is that getting to uh getting your put your name out there kind of like that winning 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 one of those features oh it's unbelievable just being just being there just learning experience right yeah it's something to be in the field but it's something completely different to be leading a field and worrying about that that kind of mentality you have then yeah it's uh you you always want to be leading, but you never want to be you're you never want to uh, stop thinking about what what could happen, right? Oh, it's a whole other kind of stress. <laughs> when I was uh, there's a video on YouTube of the full feature somewhere, and in the video and during the race, the they used to have a like a lap counter going into one on the big track, so you could see it just as you came around the front stretch on the bomber track. Yep, and they had, they had a screw up that night. I think they were like two laps ahead on the on the on board, the, on the board, but then they corrected it with like one to go, so it set back. So it was like it's just oh, one of those extra little like you're just worried, right? You're like, what's gonna go wrong? What's gonna happen? Something's gotta happen. There's no way I can I can finish this deal. I was gonna say that's typically the what you hear from. Uh, a lot of people is you, you start hearing every little creak, little noise, every vibration, um, uh, uh, kind of like every little thing that you think could go wrong is going to go wrong when you're not thinking about what is actually going to go right. Is that kind of the case with you too? It's, it's amazing. We we did 12 lap features and it's like the first six just seemed to flew by, but the last six might as well have been 60 at that point. It's just, yeah, same thing. You're just and, looking and then, right towards the end i think i caught lap traffic right at the end of it and it's like oh now i gotta deal with this and worry about the guys <laughs> behind me and this and that and it's like you know how to like you're 15 you're just trying not to make a mistake <laughs> yeah you, you just want to go out there have some fun and and you're not you're it's almost like you're not expected to compete the way you you do when you're about 19 20 so like even to be out front when you're 15 leading is uh is quite an accomplishment in my opinion anyways yeah it was definitely uh it's a fun highlight they say the first one they get easier after the first one but we haven't gotten second one yet (laughs) yeah are you getting close is the is a good question to be asking then yeah we that run at maribel we had this year was the closest i've been since and just once again you're racing guys who've been racing as long as i've been alive so it's hard to you got to be perfect out there most nights to to be able to win in that class for sure um yeah that's uh you, you can't you can't, it's almost like you can never be experienced right you can never get enough experience either i'm learning <laughs> 100% as long as you keep learning and and kind of going forward right that's all that matters it's just that you can learn something every single night, even eight years into this. There's something you can learn every single night about what you did, what you could have done, what the track's doing, what your car's doing, what just there's always something you can learn. Yeah. Uh, so what are you doing in the off season to help to obviously help yourself get ready for the season up ahead? We've been the uh, plus side of having COVID is that we've had a lot of time to be in the shop and just go over the, the very fine details, just, trying to see where we can improve anything we've had been fortunate enough to spend a lot of time on the scales which has been nice just trying to play with it and see what see what we think is going to work when we can get back there but you can't you can't tell what's right or wrong until you're on track oh for sure you and you always do as much as you can in the shop and the, but until you hit that track it, it always changes one little bump can change everything <laughs> about it right it's amazing how fast it can change some nights too 
Oh, a hundred percent. You're expecting one thing when you show up to the track and, and next thing you know, it could be completely different and you're having to, to throw, uh, throw everything but the kitchen sink at it. Right. Yeah. We had some uh, fun nights this year. I was fortunate with COVID going on. I have a friend out in Bowmanville, Brant Graham. He was able to come down and help a lot. And then my other buddy, Jonathan Airden's building a sportsman and it was for, we were fortunate to have a lot of help this year, but some nights, yeah. It's just three of us throwing everything we can. You just hope for the best some nights. Yeah. What's uh, – I'm sure this is a question you might get a lot. What's one of the worst things of working on a dirt car? The bottom of the car gets just caked. It's unbelievable. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe the places you'd find mud in a race car until you're sitting there on a Sunday morning cleaning it up. Yeah. So is that typically your Sunday routine is if you race Saturday night, you're back at, uh, you got it up on stands outside and you're just cleaning away again, all that mud off, right? The best investment I ever made in racing was a $40 shop back. I bought at a garage sale one time. I think has a quit in six, seven years of using it. It's just inside the car, outside the car, under the car, anywhere you can think of chunks of mud being it's there. That, that always boggles my mind. Not going to lie is, um, is how much mud and clay actually gets stuck to the underside of a car and a, a set of hot laps, a set of heats and, and everything and kind of going throughout the night. To me, it's remarkable how much actually will end up on a car. A lot of guys are into the, I guess it's the baby oil trick. I've never been a fan of oil in the car, but especially hot laps at Maryville this year. There's a racer that I've known for my entire time growing up was Rob Murray. And every night they, they'd announce hot laps at Maryville. Me and him just had such a race to be the first car out. So we're not the ones getting caked in mud. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's nothing wrong to be, nothing wrong for that to happen, right? Oh, it's unbelievable. Some nights. Cause <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Just trying to be, even if you're the first guy out, it, it helps so little. It's just the front of the car that you're saving. Yeah. Is it, uh, is it just cause like it ends up getting heavy, like front end heavy or like what's how, how, like it obviously doesn't spread evenly across underneath the body or anything like that or throughout several components of the motor. So how does it like really, how does, how does, how does the mud and clay really affect the car as you're running a hot laps or even heat and features? The part I've noticed it most affects if you don't run wheel covers and it gets in your, uh, if it gets on your rim, it is unbelievable. We, uh, we had a heat race this year. I didn't have a wheel cover on the right rear and I came in after the race and I thought I had a flat or a bent axle. It was completely unbelievable how, how off the right rear tire was with just mud getting collected in it. Oh, wow. So like definitely like one of the best best invest, investments on that end is make sure you have all your wheel covers there. It's a $30 wheel cover. <laughs> now I, I I see a lot of guys obviously put like um like a foam backing in there. Um do you guys do the same thing? The foam backing's more of a setup piece than anything because it helps retain the heat in the tire, which is okay. the biggest part of it. So, so guys either run foam cover with wheel cover yeah. to try and keep the heat in the tire once they get it, or guys just run the cover just to, uh, just to keep the mud out. Okay. So it kind of depends on, on your, uh, how you're feeling about it or whatever is really what 
determines that, eh? Yeah, tire preps just it's it's such a huge part of it. And it just it all plays together. Honestly, I, that's where I thought it was either. That's where it was going to go. Is I uh, when I asked about what's the worst part of dirt racing was either it was going to be the cleaning the car every week or it was going to be tire prep. Because I hear a lot of guys is that's one of the it's it's a, it's such a a tedious job week in and week out to 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 get your tires ready. It's yeah, we it's nothing new. We just we copy what we've seen people doing. We we kept four heat tires and four feature tires just to avoid. I don't like having to do that at the track. That's just it's something I don't like doing in between races. But yeah, it's it's incredible how much time you can spend trying to get four nice tires onto a racetrack. Yeah. And that's that uh, actually speaking of which I, I know a lot of guys do that as well. Even on the asphalt sides, they have a set of practice tires. And as soon as feature racing is up, it's like, all right, guys, put on the good stuff. <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah. all righty. Let's see how well this works. I, I there's a an event I, I ran was running late to actually at Flamborough uh three years ago, I guess. Yeah, 2018. I ran late too because I had to do I had to do a whole bunch of running around before I was before I could get there. And I got there just before my buddy's feature race was about to start. So I wasn't even there for practice, nothing. I had all his four brand new uh, shoes right in the backseat of my car or backseat of my van ready for him to go. He's like, I'm like, I can't even get them to you. I can't even get them on the car. (laughs) So like I rolled up, they're all lining up and I'm like, all right, like I zipped off four tires, put new ones on real quickly and got him out there, staggered him up real quick, got him out there. Probably the fastest four tires we ever changed, eh? Uh, <laughs> probably. I'm a big guy, so like I don't move that fast anymore. But it's when I was younger, I could change a tire pretty quick and get around to the other side. I'm not that old or anything, but it's just more of a, uh, uh, me just kind of slowing down my slowing myself down a little bit compared to where I was a number of years ago. Oh yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Clinton, uh, is there anything else you want to bring up tonight before we uh, before we wrap up? No, I think we think we covered a lot tonight. All right. Is there any sponsors you want to thank? Yeah, I got a few I want to thank. Uh, Mikey Krutchka at MK Security Solutions. He's been a big help these last few years. Barry Davidson Line Painting, Concept One, Jad Synthetics, Beach Road Steel Sales, Zoro Muffler, Solar Performance. Crisscross landscaping and upfront motorsports have been the people helped me make this possible. Nice. Well, Clint, we want to thank you for jumping on this week. It was uh, definitely a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you a little bit more. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, you have yourself a great night. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Bye now. See ya. All right, guys. That was driver the number 43C. That was Clint Nichols. We want to thank Clint for coming on and, uh, and getting to know him a little bit more. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it and, uh, yeah, um, I don't have too too much to talk about anymore. Uh, I did a whole lot of talking at the beginning of the show there, uh, more than usual. I feel like if I didn't, nah, let me know. Um, before I wrap up here, guys, as always, as always, as always, um, if you would like to help support Joma Media and Promotions, I got stickers for sale. I got about uh, oh about twenty eight sitting here in front of me. They're about uh, eight inches long by about five inches tall. I can mail them to you. If you're looking for one, two, uh, if you want to work with me, let me know. We'll uh, we'll work out a deal. Um, 
if you want to help support the Joe Media or yeah, Joe Media brand, we also have a couple stores up. Head on over to uh, my link tree, which is in the bio on both uh, Facebook and Instagram. There are, we have uh, we worked with Epic Racewear. Actually, that's where my stickers came from. So um, I love my stickers. I got them just got them picked uh, this for last week from Epic Racewear. Uh, thanks a lot for, to Dan Bailey from Epic for hooking me up with these awesome stickers. Man, I love them. I uh, can't wait to uh, get them on car and can't wait to see them on some race cars this year. Uh, I keep getting uh, more and more drivers to work with. So we'll be, uh, I'll be busy here this year, guys. Um, yeah, so if you can, go head over there. Help support the Joe Media brand. Uh, pick yourself up a t-shirt. Uh, we got t-shirts, long sleeves. Uh, crew necks, hats, hoodies, uh, anything shirt wise that you can think of. Uh, we got them, uh, from anything from youth small, uh, I believe up to youth large. And then as well as some adult sizes from small, I believe as small as small upwards of five XL on certain products, um, four or five XL on certain products. So guys, uh, head on over, get yourself a Joe media hack, get yourself a t-shirt, and uh, help support the show and help support Joe Media. Um, yeah, guys, thanks a lot. Thanks you, thank everyone who listens each week. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, next week on the show, we I already have a guest. Next, I I can't believe it. I, I'm excited for this one. Um, I'm always excited for all my guests. That's the, that's the fun part about this that, about this thing. We will have driver the number five mini stock truck. Who runs over at Merrittville Speedway, I believe. Yeah, over at Merrittville. Uh, we'll, I really hope I say this last name pr- uh, pr- uh, properly. Uh, Brian Abe. Uh, I really hope I said your last name correct. Um, if not, we will definitely be having a conversation about that next week. Once again, you guys, my name is John Morrison. And you guys are listening to the True North Racing Podcast. Brought to you by Jomo Media and Promotions. We will see you all next week.